Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Thanks for joining us on one of the 40 radio stations, iTunes, YouTube, or the show website, CREshow.com. Well, today we have a great show for you. The show is called Press and PR Strategies. Today we're going to share some tips, best practices, and case studies related to the press and public relations. Please welcome my guest, Jen Wyand. She's with the Bounce Path Marketing. Jen, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for the opportunity. It's an honor. Thanks for being here. And also, welcome Jared Schink. He is with BizNow. Jared, thanks for being with us. Michael, I am very impressed. You have, I've, I've known Michael for a very long time, mm-hmm. and uh your radio voice, man, <laughs> stunning. Hey, I have a face for radio, right? Yeah, same so, here. Voice for radio. <laughs> I have the voice for it, though. And, and Jared, I think a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with uh, BizNow, but we're talking about the press today. And I think BizNow is an interesting part of the press, the way you guys do it. Uh, tell the uh, listeners a little bit about BizNow and how you guys work. We make commercial real estate fun, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Yes, we do. So uh, I'm sure most of you know uh, what it is, or maybe at least seen it. It's an online publication, both website and email newsletters. Uh, The stories are short, pithy, to the point. Um, We don't get into 1,200-word tomes at all. Uh, We stick to a paragraph or two with lots of art uh, and try to break lots of news, but also be engaging and fun in the industry, personality profiles, hobbies. I mean, I've written about people's spring breaks. That's one of the things we like to do is to chart what everybody did in spring break with pretty pictures. And as Jen looks here and is going to get all her clients to send me stuff in the next week. (laughs) That's great. And you're in a lot of the major cities around the U.S. And it's also each of your publications is uh, real locally based, right? Yeah. So we're in 20 cities or over 20 cities now, Mm -hmm. including Toronto, uh, Mm -hmm. all over the West Coast, East Coast, based in D.C. Uh, Our main, our major publications, uh, probably our biggest read publications include New York, D.C., Boston, Atlanta, L.A., San Francisco, Toronto, uh, see, uh, on on up. So we, uh, and each, as you indicated, each, indica- uh, each publication is local mm-hmm. as someone covering the local market. And uh, whether they're there or not, I cover San Diego as well as Atlanta, so uh, we can do this remotely. Okay. And, and you say that you you cover kind of personal news and people really well, but you also cover breaking news in these markets. And one of the things I really like about what you guys do is use people a lot, you know, and you use humor really well. And it's and, and it, like you said, it's very quick. So you can read uh, the BizNow thing and you can read it in a few minutes. So when you're in your business day, I don't, I don't know about the rest of my listeners, but I don't want to read a long you know, real long article when I'm supposed to be working, but you guys are quick, it's fun, love what you do. And uh, Jen, tell us about uh, Bounce Path Marketing and and what you guys do for the uh, industry. We are a boutique marketing and PR firm. Mm -hmm. We are approaching our 15th year. All we do is commercial real estate, so we know it very well. We know the the industry, the movers, the shakers, and what influences that marketplace. And let's talk about that a little bit, because I think some people may have the opinion in commercial real estate that, why do you need a PR company? You know, I don't know if that's the first thing that people think about. So tell us what would be on the menu? What does a PR company do for, say, a a real estate developer or a REIT or, or anyone in the industry? Well, regardless of your company, you have a story to tell. So at Bounce Path, we consider ourselves storytellers. So essentially what we do is help 
the developers, the REITs, the service providers, the brokers, figure out what their story is and who needs to hear it, and the best avenue or channel to deliver it, whether that's traditional news, digital media such as BizNow, um, social media, uh, speaking engagements, the list goes on of things and ways to deliver your story. Okay. So you could help your clients get on shows like the Commercial Real Estate Show, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Jen, I think I, I, I might have an in now. Jen, I love you, but um, I'm going to go another way here. <laughs> All right. So look, I've been doing this business now, uh, reporter uh, for well over 12 years, 13 years. If I were to be a Brian Williams moment, I'd say 15 years. That's how long years. I've known you? That's how long you've known me. <laughs> wow. Uh, I've also did PR for five years. I'm one of the few who uh, we, we joke in the uh, in my side where we joke about going to the dark side. Mm -hmm. So I did PR for five years and I'm one of the few who ever got a chance to go back to the other side. And here I am again. But I, I will tell you this. I also think you're one of the few who wanted to go back to the other side. I, I probably did. <laughs> I would never tell that to my, no, I, I do love my former company. Um, here's the thing. Do you need PR? I would say that the basic answer is no. Uh, she's shaking her head. Uh, <laughs> Look, it's all about relationships. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michael, I think you do a, a really good job. We've had a relationship for a very long time and you can pick up the phone or more likely send me an email mm -hmm. and get my attention. You have that relationship with me. Now, here's where PR does come in. Many, many executives don't have those relationships with the media or really have a hard time talking to the press without feeling self-conscious about it. Agreed. That's where PR can come in. But if you are Michael Bull or uh, someone who already has the established relationships, that may be an added expense that just, you know, depending on what your service line or business is, is not needed. I would disagree with you because it's easier for a outside party to represent a company than for that company to go in and accurately tell their story. It just isn't, it's a, it's a buffer to me that I, money my clients have found very helpful, particularly when they get into sticky situations. How many times have I gone around you? Many times, and yes. that's fine because <laughs> I trust you and I, I know that you're a good reporter. Okay, fair enough. But you know how many times my, my clients have called me before calling you yeah, back? Yeah, well, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about that for a moment. So if, um, if I want to, uh, have a company and I don't have relation, good relationships with the press and I want to get some press on, on uh, my new development, let's say, and I need to get an identity, identity for that development, mm -hmm. uh, what are some things that you would do? Well, I think first of all, we would sit down mm -hmm. with you and find, about, find out about the development. You mm -hmm. know, what the story is. Is it an office development in like, you know, a new urban market? Is it a, you know, multifamily development? where there has never been one? Is it um, rehabbing an old commercial building downtown? Whatever that story is, and whatever, however it would best position that development in that market. And then we would sit down and identify the news points. You know, have you closed on the property? Have you um, gone in for zoning? Have you, you know, landed your first tenant? I kind of map out what the news points are in that development cycle and formulate your media strategy around that. Okay, so as one of the things you're trying to do, then it's fine. What is interesting about it? What would make a reporter like Jared be interested in covering exactly. it? And you need to know what Jared likes to report on. Yeah. For instance, certain publications will only report on an actual transaction. Other mm. publications will be a little bit more colorful and trend, trend citing, if you will, and would 
want to cover more about you know retail going in a new market that's never been you know retailed before. So you need to know what your reporter. Your, your publication likes to report on. She said on. She said the nail on the head. What I want mm-hmm. is going right. to be different. Yeah, you were right this time. <laughs> what I want is going to be different from what the AJC wants. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different from what like a community newspaper wants in a local area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, for BizNow, things that I care about. Obviously, I want to see a rendering. You know, I want to know who the players are behind it. You know, find out why you know, the basic questions. And pretty much everybody will want that. But I'm going to want to know: Do you have construction financing? Do you have your first tenant? And those are further news stories. You know, your local paper is going to want to, you know, they're going to focus on the zoning. If there's going to be a zoning fight, you know, with the local community, who the opponents are, they're going to take a much different angle because they're Joe Six Pack is their audience. My audience is are your, uh, you know, professionals in the industry. So my interest in what I write on that project is going to be different. Right. And that's Jen's job to find out how we're going to tailor that story. And that also comes with the, the dynamic of tension because just say Jen is a storyteller and that's true uh, but there are maybe some publications that are going to want to tell a story she doesn't want to have to really address that has happened many times good point definitely and it's it's not necessarily that there's a secret out there but sometimes you know developments are in different stages that you know the developer's not able to announce a new tenant or for instance the developer doesn't want to talk about the project because it's not approved by the city council yet um, so there are times where you know, good reporters such as Jared and, and several others find the scoop out on the street, but it's not time for the developer to talk about it yet. And that's typically when I come in. Right. Is that when the developer calls you and says, help? Yep. <laughs> I'm getting calls and I don't really know what to say right. or do. Exactly. Okay. And then, and then you're the contact. Well, let's talk about the scoop. I think, well, we're, we're going to have to take a short break. When we come back, I want to ask you about the scoop uh, because Jerry likes to have the exclusive. A lot of reporters like to have the kind of the first press on these deals, don't they? So then when you have a project or you have a, a, a deal that you want to get in the press, how do you do that? What's the best way to do that? And should you pick the right publication to, to give it the scoop or should you mass produce it? We'll find out next. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about press and PR strategies. We have Jen Wyan with us and Jared Schink, and they are in PR. They've been in reporters, or you, you're a reporter now. And, uh, Jen, you've not been a reporter. You've been in PR all your life, right? Mm-hmm. And before the uh, break, we were talking about uh, exclusives. And if you have a uh, something you want to get out in the press, uh, whether you're a business or you're in the commercial real estate world, uh, should you think about just sending that press out to the masses or should you think about getting it to the right reporter first because they might not cover it otherwise? I would say to get it to the right reporter first. Um, Bounce Path is not a big fan overall of wire services simply mm-hmm. because we work with commercial real estate within the commercial real estate industry. So our audience is well-defined, whereas a consumer product or, um, I don't know, a, a mass project of some sort mm-hmm. will have much more of a consumer story to it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas my clients, because they're small, medium-sized businesses, they have a very, very targeted audience. So we typically 
pick the reporter that best aligns with the story. And sometimes, you know, Jared and I go back and forth many times. He's like, I want the exclusive. I'm like, yeah, but I can give you part of the story exclusive, but I need to give, you know, another reporter an exclusive, a different angle to the story exclusive. So basically how I, what I do is I look at the story and see if I can give one reporter a certain angle and another reporter another angle. It doesn't always work. Um, in fact, it works very few times because it's still the project, the development, the, com- the, the base transaction. But um, that's basically how we try to deal with the exclusive and okay. pick our reporter. So I see one of the benefits then of using a PR firm like yours, especially one that's specializing in commercial real estate, is you're going to know which publications would be most interested exactly. in covering that uh, project or exactly. that, that deal, right, Jared? Well, I can cut this segment short. Pretty much <laughs> all your news goes to biz now, and the rest <laughs> is, you know, you don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah. Uh, no, there there is, and I want to take off my reporter hat, and I'm going to put back on my old marketing and PR hat, because there are, uh, if you, in this, this side, if you're controlling the story, if Jen is controlling the story, she's come to me with it. I didn't know anything about it beforehand. I'm going to give her a lot of deference because I'm not the one that dug it up. Um, so if she's going to give a part of the exclusive to somebody else and, and maybe a piece to me, or she even comes to me after the fact that's run somewhere else and says, well, here's another angle. You know, I'm not, I'm not thrilled, but I'm going to listen to her. It, she controlled the story. I didn't find it. Now, where it comes across is if you're getting the calls from a reporter about a, you know, they're asking questions about something you're not ready to talk about. And that's where your PR person will come in, obviously, and, and help you. The, what my argument has always been, you, you kind of, it may not play in what your original plan was, but sometimes you need to reward the chutzpah of the reporter who's finding it. Even if he's having no comment, they're still going to come out with the story. Um, so, you know, the PR person's job is to at least manage as much as she can in the background of, what, of how that story is going to ultimately turn out, even though you weren't ready to talk about it. Well, and ultimately, just like you said earlier, it goes down to relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we decide to give Biznell the story because Biznell hasn't gotten a story in a while. And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, Jared's a good reporter. He's going to do well by the story. And, you know, I want to maintain my relationship with Jared as well. So it is definitely a juggling act at sometimes. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, let's talk about a, a case study. Tell me about an interesting project that uh, you've been involved in and, uh, and how it went. I'll throw one out here, um, and this is going back to this. Part. I found the process by what happened with the Brave Stadium was an extremely amazing occurrence. This was a project that is massive, very politically charged, and no one knew about in the media until the day. The fact that they kept that so secret still amazes me because mm-hmm. we had been hearing rumblings of a big economic development announcement. The Braves were never part of that equation. We, I, I, we were throwing you know, ideas out there. It could be NCR, could it be this, could it be another company. I, how they kept that secret for, for people in the PR industry should be, <laughs> should be a case study in college because they did a remarkable job keeping that on the down low until the day they needed to announce it. 
And that can be important if you're involved in these projects too. I know a lot of the projects we're involved in, uh, they require that they, they're kept secret. And you can't go around blabbing about them uh, even if you're asked. So I think if you're in the, in the business, you gotta understand and, and make sure that you know uh, what uh, what's going to help the project, whether it should be get press or not, right? And well, whether you're allowed and it's to. interesting you say. That. I wanted to bring this up because one of the changes I've seen mm-hmm. in in your industry and in our industry in the past 10, 15 years are the proliferation of NDAs, mm-hmm. and I think it hurts the it's it's hurt the brokers more. Mm-hmm. Uh, developers, you know, it's their project; they can kind of talk how they want to talk, mm-hmm. but. For brokers who are representing the companies and the tenants in these buildings, you know, they feel, you know, they got tape over their mouths and they can't really say anything. And even though I'm calling them and pestering them about certain things, uh, it's a new dynamic that wasn't there before. I never really had to deal with, you know, the broker coming back to me saying, oh, I'm under an NDA. Mm-hmm. I think the better, and I'm not saying you should, anybody should ever, you know, break an NDA. That, that's, that's a, you know, Yeah, major football (laughs) legal ramifications as well. But um, there are ways to handle it. If you know the story is going to be out there, it's probably best you go to your client and warn them, hey, we're getting calls about this. You may either A, want to reconsider and make a comment or just understand that something's going to come out in the press. Okay. Let me ask you guys this. Um, If I'm I'm creating a press release or my PR firm is, is creating a press release, what would you like to see as a reporter in this press release that would get your attention to want to cover it? Was oh, that to me? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll add on. Yes. Um, you know, obviously, all the basic stuff. I, I don't want two pages narrative. I don't. I almost don't even want you giving me quotes. Mm-hmm. Let, uh, let me do that. I never, almost ever used canned quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I want to know who, what, when, where, why. Uh, and amazingly, I want phone numbers. I don't know if it's, uh, you're giving me that look, but I don't know if it's something with social media, but I cannot tell you how many times now that press releases come out and there's no contact information. And I'm having to go search for it myself. You would think 101, you know, PR 101, you, you add phone numbers or emails at the very least, and how many of them don't even have it? So many companies send these things out, particularly if they're coming all across the wire, with zero contact information. I think they expect you to pick it up and run it verbatim, which is not how most publications play. That's a great tip. I mean, we deal with a lot of uh, technology companies and, and and social media-based companies, and it's hard to find them. It's like, all right, so I have to tweet to you? I mean, how about the telephone? Remember that, guys? Yep. I know you're 24 and you don't use the phone much, but some of us still do, right? We want to get in it. touch with you. So what else uh, about the project? Now, you mentioned earlier, you also want to know, well, what tenants are going in or who's going to do the construction. You want to know a little bit more about kind of the human interest as well, right? Yeah, it, this goes back to the storytelling comment mm-hmm. that Jen made. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, what are the interesting facets that, that bring out a human element to the story, <clears throat> that bring out um, you know, trends? Um, I, I think that in a lot of cities, and it's been the trend now for a while, the return to the central business district, mm-hmm. where tenants are all moving in town. You're seeing it especially with technology companies, and they're you know, coalescing around certain areas, particularly if there's a university or college there. And it's about, you know, the trend of attracting talent, retaining talent. I That's always, all part of the story. Sorry. Yeah, I mm-hmm. always look for in the stories, not only it's a new shopping center, if it's a new office building, but I also look into it as, you know, what makes the story memorable? Is it a first? Is it, you know, the first development since the Great Recession? Is it the first time this company has invested in Tennessee or Texas or 
or yeah. wherever. But I always look to, you know, what will make it memorable. All right. We're going to have some more. Stay tuned for more press and PR strategies. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit Realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show, where we always have fun. I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us. Today, we're talking about the press and PR strategies. My guests are Jen Wyan and Jared Schink. And guys, social media has, has gotten big. Um, commercial real estate seems to be a little bit behind the, the curve uh, related to residential real estate and some of the other industries. Uh, Jen, how has uh, social media impacted PR? In the press. Well, first of all, I always say that commercial real estate is the slowest industry to adopt any new trend. Um, social media notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, social media just gave traditional media, gave media relations another avenue to communicate a story. So I think social media, in my opinion, is a nice supplement to traditional media, whether that traditional media is print or digital. Um, these days, we just don't have to go to print and digital. We can also go to social media to tell a story. So it's a big part of what you would do if uh, you were engaged f- with a company is, hey, we got to get on the social media bandwagon if you're not on it. I would say it's a way to extend your story. Mm-hmm. Um, for some companies, it's an optional um, mm-hmm. simply because it takes a lot of investment. Yeah. It is not a once every six weeks. It's a once every six hours. Right. So there's a lot of manpower that goes behind a social media initiative. But it is an opportunity to extend your reach of your story. And is there a social media uh, system that you like better? Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook? Is there for Depends commercial real estate? Depends on your audience and the story is. Yeah. So blogs and then which can be tweeted out, which, you know, can be um, shared as through LinkedIn as well. I'm not a big fan of Facebook for business um, unless it has to do with a specific property. Um, I just think it's more of a social side, whereas LinkedIn has become the Facebook of business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my, my Instagram, Twitter, blogging, LinkedIn are typical outlets for my clients. And I thought about this, the same thing about Facebook, but I spoke at a, an event where I, I taught a class on social media for commercial real estate, and it was a packed house. That day, that afternoon, when I got back to the office, Facebook lit up. No, like, oh, there's all these old people on Facebook because they got on to watch their kids, right? So Exactly. So Facebook lit out. I couldn't believe it. Jared, what do you think about social media? All right. So, you know, God created the world in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. And on the eighth day and every day thereafter, PR marketing has been reinventing it. <laughs> so I, I, I go back to what I believe is, is some... Funny man. Thank you. Thank you. I go back to what I believe is sometimes... We were eight, nine, ten years. I don't even remember. I, I was doing PR marketing when, when social media first became part of the big discussion. And, and I, I remember having these discussions with my boss. And I just couldn't wrap my hand around how we'd use Twitter and how we'd use time Facebook. There wasn't Instagram wasn't even around at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, do you tweet as a building? <laughs> it didn't make much sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I thought the risks... Uh, for for taking an account and making it an official account for the company uh, and having maybe the CEO tweet, I thought the risks outweighed any potential benefit at this point. Because I I think in the end, no matter what new tools we invent, 
in the marketing industry, what remains is the stuff that's been good from day one, which is you pick up the phone <laughs> and you call. Now, do you still think that today that uh, might not be worth the risk? Now, we're talking about commercial real estate here. Obviously, there's a lot of products that it's fantastic, but commercial real estate, you'll th still think it might not be worth the risk and that to invest the time and energy and. Well, I think you, key, the key point is you want to invest time and energy. Mm -hmm. All right, I, I don't. If you're, I don't think that some of the top brokers in our in, in our industry, I, I would dare to name one of them. Maybe there's a couple mm -hmm. who have any sort of active blogging or mm -hmm. social media account, and yet they're the top producers. Why? Well, yeah, exactly. Why? Because <laughs> they know how to pick up the phone. They have the relationships. This is yeah. back to the whole idea that you know any business, but particularly in commercial real estate, it's about relationships. It's who you know. I, that's not going to change in social media. Now, are we going to have the same discussion 20 years later when, you know, the, when the millennial generation is now leading, le leading our industry? I don't know. Probably by then I'm going to be in a nursing home. But <laughs> I, I will say that no matter what new tools we invent and, and no matter the hype you hear about that tool, I don't think it changes the basics of marketing. Yeah. And that is, that is relationships and knowing who your audience is and finding the right venue for that. And, Jen, how and the only thing I would add to that, though, is social media does give you another outlet to be in somebody's mind space. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, you might have that relationship, but if you've forgotten about that relationship, you might receiving a tweet or you know a post or a connection on your LinkedIn might be reminded of that relationship, which might create an opportunity. Right, and I guess you guys are using social media a lot when you're doing a new project like a retail shopping center, right? Or or a mixed-use project where you also want to get consumers involved, right? Absolutely. We've established yeah. Facebook accounts for shopping centers and allow all the tenants to participate. So they're posting on there too, their sales, their you know, openings, things like that. Right. Well, that's interesting what you said, uh, Jared, because uh, a lot of our clients and customers are becoming a lot younger. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on press and PR strategies. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Excelligen, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about press and PR strategies with Jen Wyan and Jared Schink. And guys, let's talk about timing. How important is timing in, in dealing with the press and PR? Well, in my opinion, news is new. Mm -hmm. It's inherently new. Um, so when something's been out in the marketplace or the transaction has been 90 plus days old, it's no longer new. Mm -hmm. You're not the only one that knows about it. Typically, it, the market knows about it already. It's no longer, to me, newsworthy. I would advise my clients not to pursue a media initiative on that. So it's important to get out early when this project is Absolutely. fresh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And there, there, you know, there's shelf life to all this. And you look at it from my side, there's two, two ways to look at this. If, if, if you've been having, you know, if you have a project or a deal that you're working on and they're you, you weren't cooperating with the press, but there's been story after story about it. By the time you come out six months later, there's no oomph to it anymore. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's been old news because everybody else has already reported on it. Uh, remember, one of my goal, my job, 
as a reporter and and my responsibility to the company I work for and, and it's any reporter will say the same thing for the most part is is we we need to get ahead of the water cooler conversation mm-hmm. uh, even if there's been no story on it I still want to write something and report something that most people don't know about mm-hmm. because that's how we, I become relevant and that's what really matters in my industry is your relevancy are people turning to you because you are providing something for them that's interesting and thoughtful and potentially you can make a business decision on and I think you guys do a good job with that I mean I think I think of biz now as being fun and, and the people and the humor but then I've seen you guys are reporting on things that I didn't know about so I think you guys are doing a good job with that well here's an example of how you can take an old news story and try to make it new I had a client come to me um, Recently, they completed completed a um, a shopping center in Myrtle Beach, and it was the first Publix in that market. I mean, it had some good traction on it. Except they completed it like six months, ninety days ago was the first tenant opening, and so instead of saying no, this is not a story because essentially everybody knew that those tenants were opening. We went back and said, okay, what new tenants are there that nobody knows about? So now we went back to the story, kind of repackaged it, that the shopping center is complete, it opened 90% leased, um, and here, are, here is the complete tenant lineup. So the complete tenant lineup is new, and it's gotten some good traction this well, week. Well, that's interesting, and I think our listeners like to hear more about some successful projects and situations you guys have been involved with. So uh, tell us about the uh, client that you helped in Florida. Oh, the client we helped in Florida. This is a very interesting, and it's actually a really exciting deal for um, the community of Palm Coast. It's a redevelopment. It was the original retail center for this submarket, and it has fallen into disrepair. Um, Publix, believe it or not, stuck it out and was anchoring the shopping center, but it just wasn't positioned right. It wasn't developed correctly according to the 21st century so one of my clients came in and bought it and they are redeveloping it and uh, but they had a challenge because in order to redevelop it they had to displace some tenants and so there was some rumbling in the community about how this new developer from uh, from Atlanta actually um, was pushing out the small mom-and-pop shops so what we went in and crafted the, the, the real story told the story to the media about the accommodations they're giving to the tenants the relocations all the new um, tenants the new facade the new development that is going in there and it really turned public opinion around so now the public instead of you know ineffectively or incorrectly you know siding with tenants that were being displaced they really are excited about the new shopping center that's coming in and waiting and waiting and on bended knee for it to open that's great and you're talking about handling a bad press there and turning into good press what are some other tips for handling bad press oh don't get in bad press <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> avoid crisis communications at all possibilities um all press is good press though <laughs> If it's tr- if it's accurate press, yes. okay. <laughs> um, I would say to be proactive um, from the very beginning. When you're in a crisis situation, you need to find out what the real story is, what the facts and figures are, and craft your message and stick to it. Um, most cases, I would say not to hide. Um, be out there, communicate your story consistently. Um, but there are some cases where you just don't need to say anything. Because if you hide sometimes, you kind of look guilty if you're not saying anything, right? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Then if you come in and try to battle with it, it makes it bigger, though, right? And that's (laughs) 
that's the balancing act you have to play. Yeah. Definitely. So. Have you seen anybody handle bad press in a good way, Jared? Uh, bad press in our industry is relative. I, yeah. I, I would say that we probably, uh, the you know, the hardest time to report uh, was during the Great Recession, where we had a lot of people uh, default on buildings. And, you know, while we understand the nature of the, how those buildings are owned, mm-hmm. um, it's still tough when reporting on people you know and they're they're losing these buildings um and i found that and i can think of a couple of particular developers who took a wash in the industry uh during the recession um and one in particular i don't know if i should name his name but i mean we'll we'll say his name jim borders with novare um you know here's a guy who who's all over the condo market that, that crashed and despite his problems, he's come back stronger than ever, and he is still well liked among among the you know the financing, the banking world, because of how he performed and how he held himself up during that recession. I think that was that's an interesting story uh, on how to survive. So again, bad press in our industry is not like something you would see necessarily in the New York Times, um, you know, with major scandals, but it's things like that defaults and and, and projects that don't go the way you hope. Well, that's interesting because I talked to, to Jim Borders as well in the down market. He said, uh, Michael, love your show, but I don't think I want to be involved in the press right now. Uh, when, I get, when things are going well, I'll get back to you. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more press and PR strategies. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us today. We're talking about the press and PR strategies. Jen Wyan and Jared Schink are my guests. And guys, I guess we, we have to remember really how important it is to to be in the press and how much more powerful being covered in the press is than than an ad somewhere right jared yeah no look it comes and i used to say this to other clients when you're in the press you get legitimacy more so than doing your own blog more so than running out your own press releases if you get reported by publications that in the eyes of your audience have legitimacy you then get that legitimacy Um, and that has more value than any ad will ever run in, a, in any publication you can do. It can it's, also, a, it's essentially a third-party endorsement. Right. And also give you Google juice, right? Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is uh, and particularly today. You know, we, we all sit here and talk the death of print, and I, and I used to think it was hyperbole. It isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, print is dying. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing because in, it, everything's now going online, and the life cycle of a story online, well, essentially is eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll never go away. Now that could be a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, uh, I, you know, I challenge anybody to Google—I uh, forget her first name—but Fiorni's uh, name in Google, and even though she's running for president or claims to want to run for president, I, I guarantee you the first thing that's still going to pop up is the fact that she was fired by HP. Mm-hmm. Um, that, even though it happened many years ago, that still had much more play. Um, but if you have a good story. And if you have a new project or a major announcement and it gets the right play that you want and it gets picked up by lots of publications, that story's always going to be out there. And it helps on the PR side uh, 
two for you um, because then you get attention from other media because of that play. Right. You know, we've had people on, on this show that have been much in the media spotlight that being on this show, now all of a sudden they're interviewed by Fox and they're being covered by other press. So it can be a real advantage to, to be in front of the press, can it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like I said before, the third-party endorsement is um, priceless. And the, and the way to get in front of the press is have a valuable content. You know, have mm-hmm. a compelling story, give valuable content that the press that's covering you wants to hear. I'm glad you brought that up because my next question for you guys is how can you get uh, more opportunities to be interviewed by you know TV news, national or local TV news, or be interviewed for an article by your local newspaper, or, or maybe even be on a show like this? How can you go about that? What are some tips? Like I said, valuable content, compelling story. Mm-hmm. Um, pitching those ideas to the producer or pitching those ideas to the reporter. Um, again, knowing what your reporter wants to cover and knowing what your audience wants to hear about, which should align with what your reporter wants to cover. Also, I think sometimes being contrarian. I, I remember uh, I pushed certain clients to be open about uh, concerns with the economy and a bubble in commercial real estate before the Great Recession hit because certain media were looking for it. We were already sniffing around something was wrong here, and certain media were looking for that, and they liked hearing that from somebody. Instead of the rah-rah that everybody else was doing, be contrarian. doesn't mean be controversial, but if you could be contrarian, you authentically, get, con- authentically contrarian, contrarian, you can get on, um, you, you can get your client in a lot more. Yeah, but you also have to be careful about being negative, right? And it can be, be a mistake, because really quickly in social media, you can create a problem, right? And that would be the downside of social media. <laughs> what you say is no longer, um, you know, priority. And what, and what we like for guests on this show, people that are fact-based and they provide great information and, uh, and that it is interesting you know, to our listeners around the country. So, you know, if you're out there trying to get on a show like us, we do want to hear your ideas. We do want to hear from you. But it needs to be interesting, right? Well, really appreciate you guys being on the show today. Great information. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for listening to the show or watching on YouTube. We appreciate you being with us on the 40 radio stations, iTunes, and YouTube, and the show website, CREshow.com. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. Realnex, a comprehensive and powerful suite of commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low price. Visit realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit Excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I-G-E-N-T. Commercial Search, the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit CommercialSearch.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts, or articles, visit CREshow.com.